Wall Street is full of corruption and it is baked in to every aspect of our society. MMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding at the macro level. In the 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This was written over a hundred years ago. This is The Rogue Scholar with Steve Grumbine. All right, everybody, it is Steve, the Rogue Scholar, and we're going to be talking about a federal job guarantee today. This is a subject that I hope everybody's at least kind of aware of, and if you're not aware of it, let's get started. You know, in this country right now, you have a choice. You can either be unemployed and get unemployment insurance, or you can be unemployed and get nothing because that's kind of how our system is set up. Uh, You could get Social Security if you fit the right requirements. But what happens when people want employment but can't find employment? What happens when the economy is really, 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 really fucked up? Like it looks like it's getting ready to become yet again. Jane and Joe public, random people, regular people, you and I, our friends, our neighbors, you name it. All of us are subject to the government's rules and the tactics that they use to stave off inflation, to fight uh, economic activity, economic circumstances. They have a toolkit that they use to do certain things. And unfortunately, within that toolkit, many of them have been trained by libertarians. Libertarians are the most awful, awful people ideologically in the world. There's like next to no one that is as bad as them. And their economics is even worse. From the makers and takers concept to the whole idea of hard currency, sound finance, all these awful, awful mindsets that destroy people, that is what our Federal Reserve mixed with our federal government, the combination of Congress, the combination of the Senate, and the combination of typical monetary policy lead us to. They lead us to this concept of what is the natural rate of unemployment? What is the natural rate? What should we have? And so they will oftentimes jack interest rates up if, if they feel like unemployment is too low. They need a certain amount of people, they believe, to be unemployed to keep inflation down. So part of the rate hikes and part of this other stuff is to create a certain threshold of unemployment. It's called NARU, N-A-I-R-U, look it up. It famously, going back uh, a while back, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in a uh, congressional hearing said to Jerome Powell that, hey, you know, what is this whole idea of NARU and why do you continue doing it? And the Phillips curve, um, trying to explain why we need so much unemployment. And basically, Jerome Powell came out and said, yeah, I agree. It's stupid. We've done it poorly. We haven't done it right. These metrics that we've used forever. Thank you, Milton Friedman. They don't really hold any water. They're not really a good metric. They don't really serve any purpose, but yet they stay with it. And you see the Federal Reserve doubling and tripling down now on trying to raise interest rates. If you look at the news, all you have to do is look around. People are saying, we're not going to let what happened to us in the 70s happen to us again. We're going to jack rates up right now. And that's what then the 70s Federal Reserve chairman said, board of directors said, which was uh, uh, 
Paul Volcker, and Paul Volcker believed heavily that we needed to jack interest rates up to stop inflation. Now, this is not going to be a complete inflation conversation. It's going to be about the job guarantee, but I want you to understand the way this works. First thing they do is they cut the spigot off on federal spending. Once federal spending is cut off, then that means the economy starts slowing down and contracting. Huge amount of the reason why the economy is booming is because the federal government is spending money on things that gets to you and I. When the federal government spends, regular people receive that income. Unless, of course, they're spending at North Grumman, Boeing, all these other groups up there, Halliburton, you name it, right? So the money gets spent there, and then those rich neocons spread it down through the economy. But we need something more transactional, something more for you and I, something that gives us power in these downturns. Right now, all we're left with is fear of the axe falling on us during these crises. We are always worried about whether the company is going to make a decision to downsize, whether they're going to lay us off. Now, for those of you who have been through unemployment and deal with the impossibly bad people, awful people that asks you, why did you get unemployed? Why aren't you employed? Why aren't you doing for yourself? Oh, you're a taker. Oh, you're a mooch. Oh, you're on the dull. Okay. Evil, wicked, awful people try to put it on the little guy for why they're in this situation. Never mind the powers that be created the situation. Never mind the powers that be created this fucking situation. And so what ends up happening? It always starts at the bottom. We always see the people at the bottom. Who are at the bottom, folks? You got black and brown people. You've got people with disabilities. You've got immigrants. You've got all sorts of folks that are trapped at the bottom as the full weight of the crisis lands on them. And then they throw some welfare at them. And the welfare, all that does is maybe make somebody at the top feel like, oh, we did something for the little people. But it's never enough. It's never enough for them to be whole. And so we ask ourselves, well, what could we do? Of course, you get the people that aren't very bright running around saying, we should do a UBI. Then a UBI will do great things. The same very people that are sitting there belly aching about printing money which didn't cause us anyway, but the same, the same neo-maxi-zoon-dweeby losers that worry about printing money causing inflation are the same assholes that are pushing a UBI, okay? So you, you realize they're not thinking, there's no synapses firing, it doesn't work, but the UBI doesn't really solve the problem of people that want work but can't find work, right? So that leaves us with this concept of a federal job guarantee. When the federal government spends money, it creates new money. Federal government has no means to live beyond. It has the ability to create money every time they pass a law, every single time, not sometimes, all the time, okay? So your local communities during these recessions and when these bad things start happening, the federal government stops spending, what happens to them? Well, what happens to the state and local economies is they start drying up. Their tax base starts drying up. They're tax-constrained, those local and state areas. So all of a sudden, the services that they provide start coming under fire, start being, we got to make cuts. And this is when the Republicans get up on their haunches and say, we got to cut. This welfare state is killing us. Okay. 
All of a sudden, the schools get a haircut. All of a sudden, all the basic services people get gets a haircut. Because why? What happens? When you have a downturn in the economy, something called automatic stabilizers kick in. Automatic stabilizers are predetermined policies and programs that say, okay, everybody's laid off right now, so unemployment insurance starts rolling through. Well, when those things are funded by the state coffers, they can go bankrupt. They can lose that money without federal infusion of money. Those monies vanish. And everybody thinks, well, I paid into unemployment insurance. Eh, it doesn't matter. They're still cash constrained. And if the size of the crisis is bigger than just a little bit of people off work here and there, it starts putting a heavy burden on a tax-driven program, okay? So now all of a sudden schools, pensions, healthcare, roads, all the above, all the things you need start getting trimmed. And that starts matriculating out to the businesses. Now the businesses are saying, hey, you've been around here for a long time. We love you lots, love you long time, but we've got to lay you off now too. We're going to be laying off 10% across the board, whatever. We've got to meet this number. A few years back, state of Pennsylvania, their Department of Transportation had a $600 million shortfall, budget shortfall, deficit, if you will, budget shortfall. So they had to figure out how to cut costs and so forth. This is standard across every state in the country, including places like Puerto Rico, Guam, all the rest of them. When they start having that downward spiral, they have to cut things. Well, the federal government doesn't. It never has to. So why in the world wouldn't we call out to the federal government to handle ensuring this is the case? Well, I think largely because progressive activists don't understand it. I think also because not only progressive activists don't understand it, but the powers that be don't want to focus on that. Because why? What happens if we have a federal job guarantee where the federal government pays? Remember, they're the currency issuer. They have no solvency constraints. They can spend money on whatever they want. Bake it in as a permanent automatic stabilizer for everyone, okay? And provide funding for every single person in every single state and every single local community that becomes unemployed. Provide them with a job in their local community that is federally funded, locally administered at a living wage plus benefits. Now, that would exceed the minimum wage in many, many jobs across the country. It would exceed the package, the benefits package of many companies across the country. So what would that do to those companies? Some would argue that it raises costs for them and that all of a sudden they're gonna go out of business because you're not a small business owner. You don't understand these things. Well, what I understand is aggregate demand. And when aggregate demand is based on people having money to spend, people being able to choose to get a tooth filled at the dentist, people being able to choose to fix the toilet that keeps flooding on the floor, people that are able to suddenly get a new window instead of having plastic taped around it, okay? People being able to get their tires changed on their car instead of driving on with bald tires that have steel showing out of them that could blow up at any minute, okay? People have choices, right, when they have money in their pocket. 
So by eliminating this whole concept of unemployment, by eliminating this, we can spend that money on the people and then small mom and pop businesses won't be having the problems they're having because people will have disposable income and be able to patronize their businesses, right? Well, what does that do to the companies though that can't afford to pay people that salary? Well, you've got aggregate demand that is picked up. So everybody's got money to spend. There aren't people unemployed. There aren't people that are without a paycheck. There aren't people without health care. There aren't people without all the benefits that federal government could give to an individual working in a federal job guarantee, okay? So now the states continue to have tax revenue funding them because the incomes of those people on the federal job guarantee becomes part of their revenue stream as well. The local restaurants are back in business. The local companies, the local grocery stores back in business. Everyone works out well with a federal job guarantee. And so he says, well, why not a UBI then? Well, let's look at it this way. If I have 40 hours a week to give a job and those 40 hours a week are paid at a minimum of $20 an hour, $15, $20 an hour, okay? And I get benefits with that. Where am I going to get the other 40 hours for Walmart to gouge and to subsidize bad wages? It won't happen. Walmart will have to meet or beat your federal job guarantee wage. If they don't do that, then you would stay in the federal job guarantee with pay, with good pay, with good benefits. And you could say, fuck you to the big guy. You could sit there and say, hey, and now what? If I'm a union person, what does having a federal job guarantee do for me? As I sit there and I try to make choices about whether or not I'm willing to fight back about unfair practices in my workspace, thank you, Amazon. Thank you, Starbucks. Thank you, John Deere. Thank you, teachers. What might I do if I have a living wage with benefits and I don't have to worry about losing my health care? What might I do if I go on strike? What might I be able to do? I might be able to start work immediately and not have to worry about it and make a living wage and have benefits. Now, now, I want you to understand the way this works. Just like waves washing into a beach, waves washing in and washing out, the business cycle does this as well. So businesses will stay on and then they retrench. They got training, they reinvest in their company, they do whatever it is they're going to do. Then they go ahead and they start making another push, right? Well, what happens with the federal job guarantee? It rises and falls with the wave because people will wash on to the job guarantee and then they will wash off of the job guarantee. There's no hand-wringing in Congress. There's no fighting because it's a permanent policy that's an automatic stabilizer. In other words, Unemployed, no problem, kicks in. You want to have a job, no problem, automatic. No questions asked, no problem, automatic. You've got benefits, you've got a job, you're in your local community, done. Done, fucking done. Simple as that. And now what happens, the type of work that you're doing? Well, your local community is determining this. There are different models. One of them is to have people be able to work 
in nonprofits. And a lot of the nonprofits that are out there, people are volunteering anyway. Can you imagine how many people might be willing to make permanent work at a, a nonprofit <clears throat> if they had a payment for a living wage? Think about that. Think about being able to do the kind of activism you want to do, create a nonprofit, and be able to be employed in a nonprofit to be able to change the world. Sounds like a pretty damn good idea to me. Benefits, you name it. Doesn't burden the nonprofit. Nonprofits got work and labor, people to do the mission that they've got. But this doesn't preclude having jobs that pay way above the minimum. And you're setting the de facto minimum. A company has to meet or beat that pay. For people that are looking for work and want a job, this is a great way to serve your local community. It's a great way to counter bad workplaces. But it's not competing with the work that they're putting out there. You're not producing something that's competitive here. If you want to hire a bunch of doctors and nurses at a, at a rate that a doctor and nurse, are, there's nothing preventing you. The job guarantee is not to create suddenly high-level professional jobs, although one could structure a job guarantee to where there is some sort of transition that allows people to get more and more and grow into it. It could be a career job, could be, but it's typically seen as a transition job, as Warren Mosler will call it, a transition job that allows you to roll into the job guarantee, and back into the private sector. Now, I hate the private sector. Let me just be clear. I, I, I'm grossed out by the idea of business for profit, people skimming the surplus value from labor. I'm just, I don't like it. Fucking hate it. But we live in a capitalist society, and unfortunately, we don't have a revolution around the door. Heck, we don't even have enough people to staff most of the nonprofits that are trying to do this work. People don't want to volunteer for whatever fucking reason. I don't know. And when they, you know, so this is where we're at. The job guarantee, though, allows us to do a lot of things differently. What if you're a nonprofit organization and you're trying to staff up for a major program you're doing and you put into the job guarantee, I need a, uh, 20 people to help out with this initiative. Now, all of a sudden, you can bring people into your nonprofit, have them paid by the federal government, ironically, and be able to do your mission. And again, now all of a sudden, all those local businesses, all the Walmarts of the world, all the, they have to meet or beat this. It's a real hardcore class-based structural adjustment in favor of we the people for once, for once. Because see, a UBI, what ends up happening, let's go back to that momentarily. Now, all of a sudden, Walmart can subsidize a really poor wage. They can actually lower wages. But what have we seen happen with businesses? What we've seen happen with businesses is when they realize people have more money in their pockets, regardless of the cost it takes to produce whatever service they give, they will jack those rates up. There's boardrooms, lots and lots of documentation to show that corporations have increased their profits hundreds of percentage over the last two years through this pandemic based on the idea that somebody printed money, whatever the fuck that means, right? Based on the idea that somebody printed money. So they go ahead and take that and they run with it. And voila, you've got price gouging. 
So your little UBI, which is $1,000 no matter what, suddenly the cost of whatever it was that you needed is now, say it's 1000 a month you got, now it's 1500 What are you doing? Oh, you're going to work part-time. You're going to subsidize that with another job, whatever. Now you're in the rat race again. This is completely foobar. That's a completely neoliberal approach to society. And if you're a neoliberal, maybe it sounds good, but only to a neoliberal. No one with a brain, because nobody that's a neoliberal has a brain. Neoliberalism is a brain-dead privatization scheme intended to fuck you and I up, to funnel money to the top. But with the federal job guarantee, we're wiping that out. Artists can do their job under the federal job guarantee. Activists can do their job through nonprofits, et cetera. This is a great way of empowering we the people. But we keep allowing profit motives to poison everything we do in this society. Everything has got to be based on whether or not we can afford to pay workers because of our profit targets. I want you to think about what I'm saying here. By the way, we've got some nice super chats here. Let me go ahead and put those up here real quickly, see if I can get them up. Go out back to the beginning. I think I saw one early. Wow, you guys are really in there. Yeah, we got double K. She's done it twice now. Goodness gracious, girlfriend. Thank you so much. Let's go in here. We got uh, another double K. And then we've got Virginia. Thank you. And I appreciate that. Social services must not be for profit. Could not agree more. You know, I, I just I, I just want you to understand that unfortunately education doesn't receive the kind of money that it needs. And I'm not talking about RP's education, although that's true too. But like even with YouTube algorithms and other things, and if you're educating people, it gets suppressed. If you're out there doing clickbait, they'll elevate that shit. Okay. But what do we need? We don't need to be entertained. And if you need to be entertained, God help you. God help you. You know? Ultimately, what we need is an educated, weaponized group of people ready to take to the streets and ready to fight for these things. But a job guarantee eliminates, eliminates unemployment, period. Now, let me tell you what else the job guarantee does as well. If you're a poor person and your only hope and prayer to get out of poverty is to join the military, what do you think a federal job guarantee might do for someone who is staring down the barrel of having to join the military to earn an income, to have a chance of getting out of generational poverty? What do you think about that? I think it's some bullshit right there. I think it's some complete bullshit. But that's what we've got today. Now the, the escape hatch to get out of jail card is a military. But you're going to hear more people rattle around, prattle around about a stupid UBI that literally doesn't change a goddamn thing. And will be soaked up in either high interest rates, which they jack up to stave off inflation, or straight up price increases, not even about inflation. We're talking about uh, 
relative price story, relative value story. But we're also talking about subsidizing shit wages. We're also talking about once someone who is a rentier, in other words, somebody who's a landowner, landlord, okay? They know you got a little bit more money in your pockets. What's happening now? We're watching people that have been in their rental properties for 10, 15 years suddenly being told next month the rent is going up $500 a month. Now, I don't know how you guys deal with a sudden $500 a month increase. But I'm guessing there's going to be some homeless people as a result of this. Federal job guarantee sets the labor standard for the value of our currency. Now, all of a sudden, we know the base case for employment. The base case is the job guarantee. The transition sets the base. And when we have these ebbs and flows, the base stays level. The base stays level. So I want you to understand how important and vital this is. Now, let me take it another level. Part of the Green New Deal that many, many Tulsi Gabbardites didn't understand because that wasn't in their playbook to understand. They didn't want to understand. They wanted Tulsi Gabbard. They wanted the off act. They wanted to take a dump on AOC, which I, okay. They wanted the dump on the squad. They wanted to get the spicy, oh, fraud squad, fraud squad. So cool, right? Okay, I get it. They haven't done shit. I don't doubt it. But the point is, is that trying to own them, owning shit libs, okay? All that has done is kept us away from meaningful efforts to organize around these key things. And the Green New Deal, as part of its layer cake, was we had infrastructure, we had green sustainable energy, we had cities being made into sustainable cities, we had like all kinds of inf infrastructure. We also had, very importantly, a just transition for people that are in dirty jobs like coal industry, okay? So now you got the coal industry, the people would transition to a job commensurate to what they had previously as they move away from dirty jobs into clean jobs. So that's the just transition, which would have been part of a Green New Deal. But then you have the job guarantee as well. For those people that are in the insurance industry as we do away with their jobs with a Medicare for all, which is another part of the national federally funded not locally fucking funded the federally funded green new deal medicare for all infrastructure energy and jobs we have the job guarantee as the base case there what does a job guarantee do for the green environment well let's talk about that for a minute number one we're not talking about funding high-end green jobs in the, the job guarantee, that's not the intent. It's not intended to do away with professional level work. What it's intended to do is provide people with a local job. What happens when you're local versus having to drive two hours to work? Well, what happens is you lower your carbon footprint. You take cars off the road. You allow people to be more involved in their community. So you build strong communities and you also allow people to be closer to their own children. So now you have less of that whole windshield rage that goes into driving to a job there's no reason for you to have driven to to begin with and now you're local that's what this stuff does okay so there's a larger framework here that's at play 
Now, you cannot be a loser to get this. You must be a winner. A loser will sit there and say, no, the off-act is so much better. Does this, does that. No, because it doesn't address all these other structural issues that have to go hand-in-hand. Inputs, outputs, tools, techniques. All the stuff is a baton passing between instances. You create one crisis, you solve one crisis. What if we created a bunch of crises over the years that we didn't solve? This solves them. This goes to the root. Unfortunately, obviously, we don't have the balance of power between labor owning the means of production and all the other stuff we like to have. Eugene V. Debs going backwards ain't today. Days are different. Things are different. We got to look at what today's material conditions are and stop trying to reinvent 1919, 1917, 1905. 1872. We got to stop trying to look backwards to look forward. We got to understand the past so we can write a new future, but not recreate the past in the future. We got to look at what the future holds and create that today. One of my few real knocks on a lot of people's interpretation of socialism is they keep trying to reinvent 1892 or something like that instead of trying to recreate a new 2022 that has all the circumstances that we know and love today about the environment, about situations on globalism that they knew back then. By the way, if you read Lenin, you'll clearly see he knew this stuff about global finance capital, all right? But we need to build tomorrow, not rebuild the past, but build tomorrow. What does tomorrow look like? How does that look? We don't know because no one can focus on it. Because as soon as you try to focus on something substantive, some ass crystal is going to fight with you about wearing a mask. Some asshole is going to fight with you about a vaccine. Some knucklehead is going to fight with you about sitting there and voting Dem or don't vote Dem or whatever other bullshit happens. It's going to be distracting on city. Instead of us on the outside of the uh, this bullshit game of electoral politics, instead of us organizing, fighting for these things, irrespective of our political affiliations, as a 99% body in the streets, talking to one another, organizing together, building communication networks, not fucking dicking around, but actually doing work to make our lives better. This is how the job guarantee can impact us. Now, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that the average person, the average person isn't so swept up and worrying about the Azov Battalion, the 900-member Azov Battalion that means absolutely precisely dick to you in the real world, okay? You don't know anything about them. You'll never meet the Azov Battalion. You'll never experience the Azov Battalion. The Azov Battalion is a James Bond novel that keeps things spicy, keeps it entertaining. It's sad, but true, because where there is boredom, there is need for excitement, and you fill it in with the 900-member Azov Battalion, okay? I'm trying to tell you that here and now, so much of the hate and fucking bullshit going on in this country that allows us to take our mind off the prize, allows us to not be anti-imperialist at a meaningful level, allows us to not understand the resource war that we're engaging in, by proxy through Ukraine, okay, by not understanding how the IMF works, by not understanding how the whole thing plays together, we end up allowing them to keep our heads spinning, chasing ghosts, and not focusing on this. Folks, the environment isn't getting better. It's only getting worse. 
the job guarantee is part of a Green New Deal, needs to be baked into a Green New Deal, as well as Medicare for all. But I would rather have a national health service. I'd rather have health care as a right. But recognizing that we can't even get people to understand that. I don't know. Why, why can't we? Why can't we? I don't know. These are some simple concepts that we can't get people to get. But if we were to get this stuff, think about how transformative it would be to kind of reinvent the local town hall, to kind of turn the local town hall into the union floor, to bring about reinvigoration of local politics where you do have a meaningful hand in the pie, to have an educated community versus this propagandized community that doesn't understand economics, that hates each other, that's busy worrying about whether immigrants are taking their jobs, that are worried about whether or not their neighbor got an extra can of crab meat on their food stamps, all this other shit, this race to the bottom stuff. We're so distracted by the James Bond novels that we don't focus on what we can do, what we need to do right here, right now, that will impact the rest, the dominoes, the, that butterfly effect, that, the ripple in the pond. All of these things are necessary, necessary for us to make an impact, for us to make an impact on the environment. Folks, I think about this. If you understand the ice shelves are melting and you understand what a glacier sliding into the ocean would be like, and you understand what a seismic activity that is that would create huge tsunamis, raise water levels, wipe out coastal communities, bring up algaes, new algaes, algae blooms in places they shouldn't be, create changes to the transitory nature of shark migrations, change everything, you name it, okay? Bring about old viruses from yesteryear that have long since been frozen away in the permafrost. There's so much getting ready to come that if we don't get ahead of that and have a Green New Deal where we can create a new Marshall Plan, where we can get everyone engaged and involved in combating climate crisis, working local, being part of their family, building strong families once again, strong communities. Without this kind of thing, you're not going to have that. I don't want a non-connected libertarian. Uh, here, let's go with Milton Friedman's helicopter money. Give everybody a UBI and be gone with you. We need coordination. We need planning. We need actual designs. We need requirements. We need projects. We need things that actually achieve things. Not just, hey, I got a wild hair up my ass. Let's just do something random. That might feel good on an acid trip. But it doesn't attack climate change the way it needs to be attacked. And if you're good with that, we're on different team, right? We're fighting for different purposes. You want a good acid trip? I want to survive. I get it. They're different. Different priorities for different folks. And so it is. We know our electoral system is captured. So everything I'm telling you here is telling you with a full understanding that you could vote for the most progressive candidate possible. And they will largely be co-opted by 
the parties they're in. You bring up a third party. Think about this. I've said this so many times. I want to be crystal clear. We have timelines. Climate change is happening very fast. It's happening whether you like it or not. Don't look up, folks. Okay, it's happening. And again, I've said this before. IPCC gave us 12 years four years ago. That means we got eight years. Not to build a political party and hopefully run our first candidate someday, but to mitigate the carbon footprint. Do you understand what I'm saying? We need to mitigate the carbon footprint, not just have a couple elected progressives that we can call the fraud squad or whatever jollies we get out of this shit, okay? We need to actually mitigate that fucking carbon footprint within that 12-year period that is now down to eight years. That means that you have to have the people in place. You have to have the programs already passed into law. You need to have the infrastructure for those programs already working and taking that carbon out in eight years. Do you understand me? I'm not telling you that you've got eight years to build a third party so you can, you know, get all excited. I'm telling you, you've got eight years to mitigate it. Eight years to mitigate it. Eight fucking years to mitigate it. Eight years to mitigate it. But people act like, oh, Steve doesn't know what the fuck he's talking. Shut the fuck up. I actually really fucking do. One of the best things about knowing what you're doing, you know what you're fucking talking about. I'm telling you right now. It's not just about stopping climate change, because I don't think you can stop this. It's about mitigating it for the adaptation to make our coastal communities okay. Remember, one person gets water, another person gets drought. And if you followed anything, going back to the Clive and Bundy era, where they dam up rivers and they decide they're going to go ahead and build a swimming hole instead of letting the river run through it. Okay, you want to watch libertarian water wars because that's what's happening with this mass privatization. I don't have any responsibility to anyone else but myself, right? You go be all you can be. Go buy some shit coin down 50%, by the way. Go be a libertarian. Do your thing. We are going to end up feeling this, folks, whether you like that or not whether you like that or not. And I got to tell you, I have as many problems with the folks that believe in electoral solutions as you will ever know. I am absolutely outraged that they cannot realize that the act of hitting a vote button and knocking for candidates and all that shit doesn't get us that eight years. It doesn't get us the eight years, folks. And what's worse, let me tell you what's even worse. So you really, really get the kind of sense of urgency I'm feeling. Most of these fucking progressive heroes, you guys keep lifting up and go, oh, we got to vote for them. We got to support them. Oh, my God. I don't know how fucking anything about MMT. So that means the dumb fucks are going to be fighting a tax battle while they're simultaneously trying to fight a climate war. You see what an idiot that is? And that's what we're facing, folks. That's your heroes. 
That's your fucking heroes that you're going to put all of our hopes and dreams in. You look at your kid and say, it's okay, honey. I'm door knocking for this progressive candidate. It's going to take care of climate change. Don't you worry, Johnny. That shit pisses me off. And it should piss you off too. You should piss you the fuck right off. We don't have time for just saying, oh, it's Tuesday. Let me go ahead and vote for my favorite person. People are just, oh, it's summertime. Let's go on vacay. You know, I, I, I do media, but I'm an accidental media person. I don't want to be a media person. I could give a fuck. You could tell. I sit there, fuck this, fuck that. I'm bouncing around. I don't care. I'm fat. I'm old. I'm not a millennial, so nobody thinks, oh, look, I love, isn't he dreamy? I'm fucking fat and old, man. I look like Santa Claus. I'm doing this because the knowledge that we need isn't being told by other people. They're still trying to, you know, make you desire this whole voting strategy and not realizing. Very, very happy to see Amazon organizing, union organizing. Very, very happy to see Starbucks. But guess what? What does that do to mitigate climate change? Not, 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 not a fucking thing? Yeah, not a fucking thing. Okay? Not a fucking thing. Is it good? Yes. Do we need to organize? We need a way of organizing. So is unions good for that? Yes, if it's done properly. But one shop here, one shop there. These are feel-good stories that we need to really focus on. Okay, we do need to focus on them because they're important. They give us encouragement. They give us energy. They show us that things are possible, that we can win things. We as the left have been so used to getting our asses kicked constantly. We don't even believe. We didn't even believe we can do this stuff anymore. And people that I know are out there fucking trading the stock market. They're out there fucking buying shit coin. They're all about them now, right? And you don't even understand that the reason why there is value in the stock market has nothing to do with the employees who are suffering has nothing to do with mitigating climate change, has nothing to do with any of that. But this, you're going to be chasing a stock while you're busy fucking dealing with the tsunami. You know, oh, the dollar's going to die. I'm so excited, so enthused. You don't know what you're talking about. We need a federal job guarantee. We need Medicare for all. We need more than that. We need better than Medicare for all, but we need something like it anyway. And we desperately need the infrastructure and all the other things there to mitigate climate crisis, to support immigrants. Because here's the problem, folks. Here's the problem. With climate crisis comes climate immigrants. With climate immigrants comes climate refugees and migration. With that comes an influx of people into your communities based on leaving bad situations. Look at Pakistan and India. Imagine it. Imagine it in Pakistan and India. Now imagine our southern border and imagine climate crisis striking. Imagine all these things happening together. 
People are going to be worried about, hey, you don't touch my job. Don't touch my food. Hey, they're taking my this. They're taking my that. And all of a sudden, you're going to look like Donald Trump. You're going to end up looking like Donald fucking Trump. Another fascist xenophobe. We need a job guarantee. We need the infrastructure. We've got to realize that climate migrations are going to happen. And we need to be prepared with a federal job guarantee. Now, federally funded, the federal government can never go broke. If it's an automatic stabilizer, we don't need bills constantly. You roll in, you roll out. You roll in, you roll out. We're not begging some Congress critter to save us because it's an automatic stabilizer. When we need it, it's there. It doesn't die. It's not a three-month job, a six-month job. It's as long as you want it. It's a guarantee. It's a job guarantee, okay? And those jobs are not working for the man. These are jobs that are intended to serve the local community. Once again, thank you so much. Thank you so much. But I just want you all to understand that the more we allow the slow kids, the kids that are like steeped in this whole James Bond bullshit, to keep getting 700 live viewers and not talking about these very important things, the, as long as we're allowing James Bond to dictate what matters to activists, we're fucked. We're fucked. And as long as we allow entertainment value so we can feel edgy and cool to drive what we do, we're fucked. We must become very serious about this climate change problem. We must realize that this recession that is coming is man-made. The Federal Reserve jacking interest rates up is going to create unemployment. It's going to create pain and suffering. It's called austerity, and austerity is murder. But if you don't pay attention to that, you go run off and listen to the Azov Battalion, get wrapped up. 900 member Azov Battalion. Never mind, just in this country alone, I think we have 350 million people. I think China's in the billions, India's in the billions. All these people, 900 member Azov Battalion's got you fucking, ah. If they wanted to wipe out the Azov Battalion, somebody could hit a button and be gone. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is all distractagon shit. The denazification of Ukraine. All the shit is a fucking big, ginormous distraction. It's a resource grab. United States, the EU, and everybody want what Ukraine's offering. That's why the IMF has its hooks in there, putting them in debt peonage, making them slaves to the IMF. So this is what's pulling them that way. Russia, on the other hand, said, hey, I don't want your fucking guns in my front yard. You weren't supposed to expand NATO, you promised, and yet here you are doing it again. So this is what the real story is, demonazification, bullshit, whatever. There's a lot of Nazis in this country. We had one in our office. We have one down there in South America, uh, in uh, Brazil with Bolsonaro. You got one with Boris Johnson. You got them all over the place, folks. You got them all over the place. And every time we get distracted, Every time we get distracted, 
We forget about the three percenters right here in our nation. The same militias that are waiting with bated breath for a civil war to break out. That are fucking maximum loaded, hundreds of guns and underground bunkers waiting for chaos to ensue with fucking night vision goggles and everything else. Worried about 900 member Azov Battalion? Folks, we got millions of them in this country alone. In this country alone, if you're serious about the denazification, blah, 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 clean up your own fucking backyard. But we're not. And so that's why we've got to stay focused on survival. And survival is really about climate crisis, recessions, depressions, understanding economics, and fighting back. And stop stop telling me I've got to worry about voting. I need us organized. I need us ready. I need us teaching one, each one teaching one. I need each one of us to do it. And I'm tired of fucking all the people aping my game. I've been doing this shit for seven years. For seven years, and people didn't like my tone. Now people are tone policing the shit out there, fucking doing the gentle, softer way. Well, tell that to your kids when the tidal waves come. You say, oh, Johnny, and you don't look up. No, 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 don't look. That, that's a tsunami. Yeah, don't worry about it. We're going to a special place called heaven. Don't worry about it, Johnny. We'll be okay. I mean, do you understand what I'm saying here, folks? The job guarantee, when you've got all those folks that are in those dirty jobs and all those people that are going to get laid off here in the next 10 minutes from this recession that's coming, when you've got a job guarantee, you've got something way more than $250, $300 in unemployment insurance plus all the other stuff that goes with it. Don't let anyone steer you differently. I will flat out jackboot somebody. I will I will fucking go off when people try to sidetrack what I'm saying. This is so important. This is so fucking important that to deny this, to ignore this, is tantamount to murder, in my opinion. Folks, murder, homicide, homicides. Ignorance, spreading ignorance, begetting more ignorance, and distracting away from these important things is homicide. It's murder. It's murder. We have got to understand that as a nation, we can literally provision ourselves to meet these coming crises. We as a nation can literally do this. Doesn't matter whether the dollar is the world reserve currency. Doesn't matter if we're the petrodollar. Doesn't matter any of your fucking Rothschilds. Rothschilds! None of that shit. If you're serious about the Rothschilds, go find the butler. Give him a Cohiba, slip a 50 in his pocket, and tell him to spike the dude's Earl Grey or put a bar of soap in the tub and let the Rothschilds slip. Okay, but you don't really care about the Rothschild. It's more of that spicy talk. It's more of that fucking James Bond thrill that you crave. You don't really care about that shit. It's just another rich fuck that's got the fucking keys to the kingdom because we keep allowing them to have the keys to the kingdom. Do you understand what I'm saying? Stop allowing distracted guns to distract you. 
We need a federal job guarantee. We need a green new deal and we need Medicare for all as part of that big layer cake that Fadal Kaboob talks about so often. That's it. That's it. So I'm Steve Grumbine. I'm the founder and CEO of Real Progressives and Real Progress in Action, two nonprofits, two nonprofits that desperately need volunteers to make these things happen, two nonprofits that desperately need you to donate money where we can get them, desperately need folks, not somebody else. Don't look around. Oh, somebody else got this. No, thank you, Double K, for cranking it out. Thank you, Virginia, for cranking it out. But I need everybody. We need everybody because it's us. This is a place for us. Now, we do have a framework for what we're trying to do. So it isn't just wild, wild west. But we need you. It, it, I'm, I'm begging you. I'm like, I'm the dude on the corner begging. I'm the guy with the John 316 sign begging, screaming. I got the dreadlocks and everything, screaming, begging. Cars as are going by. That's me. I'm begging you. I'm doing that right here, begging you. We need you. This isn't some empty plea. I'm begging you. We need you. I've been doing this without pay for seven years, folks. Seven years I've been begging. I want desperately to see this come to be. I'm tired of waiting for the Justice Democrats to do it. I'm tired of waiting for MPP to finally get their ass out of their fucking head and fucking do something. I'm tired of waiting for the Green Party to stop being so fucking myopic. And, and making it difficult to be a part of their organization and their bad monetary policy that doesn't get this either. I'm tired of waiting. We need an educated, smart, activated, weaponized for knowledge group of people ready to organize other groups, work collaboratively to bring this pressure, to bring this momentum out there. And I'm not saying don't vote, cast your fucking vote, do what you got to do, but I'm saying put your energy on these policies, put it or organizing because they'll listen to you when they count you as a threat. When they don't see you as a threat, they ignore you and say, oh, we tried so hard, but cinema and mansion blocked it. Whatever shall we do? The rotating villain will get you every single time and you'll fall for it because after all, somebody kind will tell you, well, what are you going to do? Of course, the Democrats are imperfect. But what, are you going to purity test them? No, they're not doing their fucking jobs. They're not doing their jobs. And it's okay to criticize them. It's okay to attack them. They are our servants. They are not leaders. Stop treating them as leaders. They're not leaders. They're not precious. They're not special. They're regular people. They're volunteers. They're literally paid to represent us and serve us. And they are not. They are serving petroleum. They are serving the healthcare industry. They're serving everyone but us. And we need you. Let's get serious about this. Thursday night at Status Q, I will be doing Let's Get Ready to Grumble. And of course, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you got me here as the Rogue Scholar. On Saturday mornings, every single Saturday morning, we produce a podcast called Macro and Cheese. Folks, do your laundry, listen to the podcast. Drive down the road, listen to the podcast. Take a shit, listen to the podcast. Play golf, listen to the podcast. 
It's a podcast. You don't even have to look at my fat ass. You don't have to look at my graying beard. You can listen to me. And I have these dulcet tones as I talk to very, very important people about very important things. See, I have a different side to be there. But it's important to listen because you will be in the know. I think it's the best podcast out there, but I'm biased. What can I say? We have transcripts you can read along. And if you don't want to hear it, if you can't stand my voice, fucking read it. Read it. Powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. So anyway, with that, I'm Steve Grumbine with the Rogue Scholar, and I'm out of here. The Rogue Scholar is a production of Real Progressives. If you would like to support our work, please visit patreon.com slash realprogressives.